salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Commish, and we are going into week four of the NFL season. Great game Thursday night. I, I, I stayed up and fought sleep, making sure that I watched that game Thursday night between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals tied for first place in the division in the AFC North. Unbelievable. It, it, I had to fix my tongue to even say they're in the first place. They're in first place. They're tied for first place in the division. Kudos goes to the Cincinnati Bengals for where they are right now and the success that may come from all this. That's a young Cincinnati Bengal team we saw Thursday night play against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's not to take away from Jacksonville. Jacksonville came with a game plan and almost worked. It almost worked to perfection. Almost. What happened was that there were two halves. If it just came down to one half of football, Jacksonville may be undefeated. This is the second weekend, I'm sorry, second game in a row of which we see Jacksville take the lead in the first half just to blunder and throw that second half away to lose a second game in a row. They are 0-4 now. The Bengals are victorious, play one heck of a game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They look flat in the first half. Nothing about what they did was successful. Nothing from what they did in the first half was progressive. Nothing about what we saw the Bengals in the first half really gave anybody any reason to believe that they would win. I'm looking at the numbers. I'm looking at Joe Burrow. I'm looking at uh, their receiving core. I'm looking at Joe Mixon. And this team on offense cannot move the ball. It's to my understanding, they they had 85 total yards in the first half of the game. Now, give or take a few yards, I'm pretty sure I'm close to that number. It was less than 100. They couldn't do a thing in the air, on the ground. Jacksonville were having their way. Trevor Lawrence had the audacity to score a rushing touchdown. That Jacksonville Jaguars offense looked a little bit like what Cincinnati looked like the week before against the Steelers. However, however, like I said, there was a second half to the game and the Cincinnati Bengals managed to put up 24 points in the second half. The moral of the story, two things. One, you can't keep good talent down. Joe Burrow, magnificent. This man came out in the second half and was 17 for 20, 253 yards passing with two touchdowns and a QBR of 152. What happened to that Jacksonville defense? What happened to the defense? They were great in the first half, non-existent in the second half. Joe Burrow throws the ball. To my man, CJ, I'm not talking about your mama. Azuma, I believe his name is. CJ Azuma was five receptions for 95 yards, two touchdowns. Excellent game for that young man. 
and, and the ball kept going. Joe Mixon gets a touchdown. They had new life going into the second half. And we want to we want to give praise to, to Joe Burrow, but it was really that offensive line that was able to get that that ball going. They're able to get these guys running. That running game had to be on on point, and it and it became on point. After a while, Mixon got hurt, and they bring in P. Ryan, and he just picked up the ball and he did his thing. Before long, you had the quarterback making some moves, not a lot, but enough to get this team to win, to get this team moving the ball, the score. And and, and that's all you want from Cincinnati. 3-1 right now, top of the division. Congratulations to the Bengals. You're doing something right. If I'm trying to make a point to anything, for what I saw on Thursday night, you're doing something right. And we've made mention of this when we saw the, 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 the stars align. We see these quarterbacks, these young quarterbacks taking over these teams. You got dual quarterbacks that can throw and run. They can create these RPOs, running play options. They can running pass options, excuse me. They can do what a lot of these quarterbacks in college can do when they once they transition to the NFL and pick up where they left off without a without any hitch. This team, this Bengals team, is gonna be one of those teams to to, to reckon with. When it comes down to the playoffs, this is a team that's going to make the playoffs. If they play anything like they have been, they will make the playoffs. And then it'll be the question of well, who misses out. And I won't go there tonight. I won't digress on that tonight. I just want to make it clear that for what I saw against the Jacksonville Jaguars, God bless them. They tried, couldn't do a thing. They were able to score seven points in the second half of that game, and that was it. That was it. Held them to 14 yards rushing in the second half, and that was it. That was it for Jacksonville. What happened? Where did they go? Who was Urban Meyer and all that? Did he get out coached? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I don't put a lot of emphasis on Zach Taylor, but for what I saw in that game, I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals almost looked like the Baltimore Ravens out there. It looked like the Pittsburgh Steelers of old. Speaking of old, what's up with those Pittsburgh Steelers? My gosh, do I need to go into that tonight? Probably not. I won't digress on the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight. I will save them the agony. I'll grant them mercy. <laughs> we'll not talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight. But nonetheless, good Thursday night game. And that's going to segue into what should be an extraordinary week four. We are a quarter of a way, a quarter of a way through the NFL season. You know what bothers me about this for the commission? Not that you guys care, but the more we start talking about quarter of a way, half of the way, three quarters, that means the season is just about over. The fact that this season is now going to week four, just that fact, it was just week one not too long ago. And now we're talking about week four. Now we're talking about the Chiefs and the Eagles. Now we're talking about the Panthers and the Cowboys. Now we're talking about the Rams and the Cardinals. Man, what? What's going on? And we're talking about the Patriots and the Buccaneers. The Patriots, the New England Patriots. They're in Foxborough, Massachusetts. 
will be hosting Tom Brady's Super Bowl defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the rights to brag and for the rights to prove everybody once again just how much Tom Brady does not need Coach Bill Belichick. And I know people said this before, and, you know, I'm just kind of adding more fuel to the fire by saying that Brady probably does not need or may, may not have ever needed Bill Belichick. But Tom Brady is a warrior. Tom Brady understands business. This is about a business. Tom Brady had no leverage when he was with the Patriots. Why? Because he was a six round pick. And I may mention of this before in one of my episodes, if this man was a first-round pick, do you think he'd still be with the Patriots? Do you think he would have won as many championships? Some people may say no. Because it really became the question of if you're going to put that much money behind an aging quarterback. Mind you, he's only had one crucial injury in his life. That came about 10 years ago. So by the grace of God, he's been playing. Uh, with, with with basically a healthy, uh, a non-touched, unscathed body that probably wouldn't know a blow if it smacked him twice across the face. Tom Bray wouldn't know an injury if pain rushed to his knees, toes, head, and the whole nine. This, this guy, he plays like a machine. One person called him a cyborg. That's cool. He plays like a machine. He is ready to go. He does everything right. He's got everything done to a T. How he executes, how he is able to pass to his players, what have you. This guy is phenomenal. He's still phenomenal. What can you say about Tom Brady that we haven't said already in the last 20 some odd years? It's just amazing that in the time that we're talking about a man that's his age at 44, he doesn't like somebody that that cannot play the game anymore. That's what marvels so many people. This guy can still play. Imagine if Michael Jordan was 45 or 50 years old and he was still averaging 35 points a night. It would be phenomenal. This is a similar effect. And, 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 and I'm separating apples from oranges. It's just the fact that Tom Brady right now you, you really can't say much more than what we've seen over the last several years because with every new year, he's doing something that just marvels you more. He, he just blows your mind even more. Who knew that he would go to Tampa Bay and win a championship? I was the first person to write him off because most of the games he played in, in Florida were his worst games, due perhaps to the climate, due perhaps to the weather. So I didn't think the weather would be on his side, but this man has new life. It's amazing to watch this man play. And you figure come Sunday night when he's playing at Gillette Stadium, his own home. People said, well, maybe he'll be emotional. Maybe he'll have a soft side to the, to the Patriots and how he plays. Give me a break. You think Tom Brady has time to share or shed any type of emotion? For this game, they just lost to the Rams. You think he's going to take the time out and think about how many years he had with his organization, and how it did him great, and all the fans, and how they were giddy, and all the... This man is ready to stick a fork in these guys. 
For the first five minutes that he's in that stadium, he might shed a tear or two. He may look up in the stands and try to find his father and his mother and his wife and his kids. And that's cool. I like that. I can respect that. Because this was a moment he did share with his family once upon a time. Once upon a time when he was picked up by the Patriots and they didn't think much about this guy until Drew Bledsoe gets hurt. He comes on in, he wins a championship, and they keep moving forward and there's no move, no looking back. And the man becomes a legend right before your very eyes. Those that invested that much money in tickets have realized that they have themselves a winner. And whoever you put around them are just as much as winners as well. So Belichick now is in a position where he has to somehow find a way to get that old thing back. I got to find a way to make sure we get the next Tom Brady. He's working feverishly. Well, maybe he wasn't working feverishly. It didn't take much for him to let go of Cam Newton. (laughs) Shout out to Cam Newton. I I ain't mad at you, brother. I kind of wish you were with the team, but still... This is where Belichick is. This man throws out $150 million of new blood. Dare I say new old blood to be a part of this team because he realized that this opportunity is starting to slip through his fingers. How much longer do you think Belichick is going to be coaching the New England Patriots? Do, Do we see this man coaching long enough to see another title come his way? There in, in New England, I... I'd have to say no. No, it's not to say that his ego won't get in the way and he won't coach until perhaps he lose all feelings in his feet and his legs. I don't think he'll be coaching in a wheelchair. But I got to believe for what's at state right now, there's something about this, 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 this return back to Gillette Stadium that's going to get him wrapped up. This, this man probably can't sleep. He probably can't eat. He may be more nervous than Tom Brady because he realized that his reputation is also on the line. There are a number of people lined up right now at the door ready to question him once once the Patriots lose. Yes, I said once they lose because I don't see the Patriots winning this game. What might save them could be the pressure they put on Brady, but Brady's no idiot. Brady's no fool. He's been in these positions before. If anybody had applied any kind of pressure to them, it was the week before, and they played the Rams. This is going to be a cakewalk for him. They're going to put pressure on him, but please. Uh, 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 let me just say this. Let me just say this, and I'll move on. Brady will still have his offensive pieces, weapons, in play. And even if those guys are not ready to go, there's guys on the bench that cannot wait to just show off for Brady, for the Buccaneers, and for the Patriots in the event that the other guys starting will not perform. Antonio Brown is going to have a sensational game. Mark it. Book it. The, the commission telling you right now. Antonio Brown is going to have a sensational game. Who's going to be able to guard this man? He missed last week because of COVID. He's ready to play this week just in time to play his quote-unquote former team. Remember, he was on that team for about 10 minutes a few years ago. Perhaps he has something to prove. I don't know. But I'm telling you right now, Antonio Brown is going to be the breadwinner in that game on Sunday night. 
Gronkowski would get his catches. He may even get a touchdown or two. But picture that. What if Tom Brady decides to air the ball out? And you're talking about every receiver getting a touchdown. Godwin, Evans, Gronkowski, A.B. Then you may want to throw in O.J. Howard again. You may want to throw in uh, Cameron Bray. You may want to mix it up some. Maybe Fournette will get a touchdown. It's just amazing what this could be for this Buccaneer team to make the statement, even for Tom Brady, that we're not to be overlooked. Don't take us lightly. We have a point to make. We have something to prove. And in spite of what the Patriots have to prove, it's really about Tom Brady and what he does there in Foxborough on Sunday night. So says the commish. Great games. You've heard it all before. I sound like a broken record. But I anticipate that for what we're going to see on Sunday night will be nothing less of epic. This is going to be a game I would like to think that whether it's a blowout or it comes down to the last few seconds, the Patriots are going to find they're going to find out why this has been such the buzz since it's been on the schedule. Because it's going to show a number of things, but the most important thing it will show is that Belichick, whether he made the best decision or not, has to realize that his time in the NFL could be a lot shorter than Brady's. Brady could probably play another five years. Can Belichick go another five years coaching the way he is right now? Could his coaching acumen be in jeopardy? Meaning, can we say that if he cannot have a successful season this season, that we can honestly say that his time with any organization is up. His time with the Patriots would be up. Let them have a losing season this season. Find out that they're under 500 by the end of the season. Bring back Belichick and let Belichick go in there and just handpick whoever he wants moving forward. It will be a sad sight to see because you'll realize at that point that it really didn't make a difference what he coached. It may not admit it, it may not, it may not make a difference even now what he says to his team moving forward. It's the fact that for what he has left, for whatever knowledge he can place with this team, it may not be effective enough to make him and his team successful or as successful as when they had Brady. And perhaps he'll have to own it. Maybe at some point he'll own up to it. I, I, I severely doubt it. But it's just the fact that we realize now what he is and where he is without Brady. There's nothing left to, there's nothing left to hide or, 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 or keep con, uh, keep concealed or disclose. It's, it's just a fact. It's what it is. Brady plays a lot better on a different team. And Belichick has to do what he has to do with the team that he has. And Mac Jones is in no comparison to Brady. Cam Newton is in no comparison to Tom Brady. It's just, it, it is what it is, what it is. And Sunday night, I believe the spread is six and a half points, maybe even seven points in favor of Tampa Bay. You're going to see exactly why 
their favorite as high as they are. So says the commish. I want to thank everybody again for listening to the Kneel Down podcast. I take great joy in talking behind the mic, and I just want to make sure that I say enough so that people can all understand where I'm coming from. I'm always empathetic for the underdog, and I'm, I'm, I'm always empathetic. We're talking about players that are pretty much on their way out, but I got to believe I feel the same way about coaches that are pretty much long in the tooth or in a position now where they just don't have control of their team anymore. And of course, I'd be digressing on this too. And that is something I may save for another time. But enjoy Sunday games. Enjoy week four of the NFL schedule. I will be talking NBA talk soon enough. I started this past week and I will be continuing every Friday. I'm trying to shoot for Friday nights talking about the NBA. Nothing set in stone, but it's a start. So with that being said, I want to say thank you again. I wish everybody the best of weekends. And I want to say peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. I'm out.